Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Startup Fridays podcast. I'm Hari Arakli, tech editor at Forbes India. And in these podcasts, we'll bring you conversations with entrepreneurs who are finding opportunities in solving a variety of problems in multiple areas, from agriculture and satellite imagery to digital finance and cryptocurrencies. We'll also talk to investors from venture capital companies and other folks who are playing a significant role in India's maturing startup scene. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. Stay safe and happy listening. Today we have a, a really accomplished guest um, uh, and, and also in an area that is uh, seriously happening all over the world. Uh, so we have with us uh, Ashish uh, Singhal, who is um, co-founder and uh, chief executive at uh, uh, CoinSwitch and also CruxPay. And um, so briefly, let me introduce him. Many of you would know him. Uh, Ashish uh, uh, is a computer science engineer by training, uh, serious passion for coding. He has won many hackathons, reputed ones like Sequoia, Amazon, Google, and so on. He has worked at Amazon as well previously. And, uh, and he and his co-founders have built, built some awesome technology on blockchain and uh, uh, you know, cryptocurrency. So, and, and that is kind of the uh, topic of uh, today's uh, conversation. Uh, so, uh, Ashish, thank you so much for making time for this. So, I mean, just to get us, uh, uh, get us started, so many people are interested in uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin today. So just tell us, help us understand the basics a little bit. What are cryptocurrencies? Why are so many people getting interested in them? Sure. So to understand cryptocurrencies, we actually have to take a step back, right? We have to understand how, say if I'm sending you money, Hari, right? So how does that process work is since we both don't know each other, the trust established between us is very less. So that's why we always need a third party to be able to make that transfer happen. So that third party could be a bank, could be a payment bank, could be a wallet, who we trust. And we facilitate a transaction between you and me through that trusted third party, right? So if I'm sending you 100 bucks, it goes through my bank, which knows I own 100 rupees and who knows your bank account and then transfer you the money, deduct from my account, add it to your account, right? So we rely on that third party to be able to create a trust between you and me to be able to make that transfer happen, right? Cryptocurrencies see the world in an entirely different way. So without the use of this third trusted party, can a transfer between me and you happen? That is what cryptocurrencies solve through blockchain, right? And that is where the the power of cryptocurrencies comes in. Uh, Using a technology called blockchain, they are able to validate uh, any transaction between two parties directly without the need of a trusted third party. And that is what a cryptocurrency is. And that is the value of of, uh, crypto platforms and, you know, blockchain in general. So what cryptocurrencies ultimately ended up doing, they started as a way of payment to solve payment uh, without a trusted party. But now they have evolved much bigger than that. Now, any system which require a third party doesn't need to uh, actually need it, right? So what can happen is there are a set of rules which can be applied equally for everyone, no matter who you are. So if anyone goes to that protocol and asks for a loan, the same principle or same rules would be applied to that person or to you know the richest person of India, right? So that's the beauty of, of 
cryptocurrencies and blockchain and any use case that we solve on blockchain derives its value from solving that use case think of it like a startup a startup is building a product which is uh, very unique and provides value to the users if that start startup succeeds the value of the cryptocurrency represented on that blockchain the value would go up which is which could be equated to the stocks of that company since the supply is always limited and demand keeps on increasing the value keeps on increasing and that is where the cryptocurrencies derive their value from solving a use case and a simple economics of demand and supply deriving a value for these cryptocurrencies so and, and bitcoin is the most popular one right? there are lots of these but bitcoin's most popular one and can you talk us talk, yes. talk us through why its price is so high and why it's so volatile so uh so bitcoin obviously is the most popular but i would say bitcoin and ethereum are the two most uh, popular cryptocurrencies uh, that mm. the world knows today and uh, the the why the price goes up and down like i said right it depends on a lot of factors similar to a startup it it, it is a startup it is building its product a lot of people are using the protocols to build their own product on onto these platforms bitcoin is getting accepted across the world in different use cases altogether right so when the usage increases the demand increases since the supply of these currencies is limited and is a function is a mathematical function which is fixed this and the demand keeps on increasing the, it reflects back in their price right anything goes wrong some use case doesn't solve the price falls as well right so it it's a simple function of demand and supply if the usage of bitcoin and ethereum keeps on growing over time it would definitely reflect in their price itself whether today is the right price or not that is something which is debatable and i would not be able to comment on that but uh, if you look at a simple economics of demand and supply if a uh, demand for something keeps on going up uh, and supply is limited the price of that co- uh, commodity keeps on going up okay so tell us about uh, coins which are uh, um Uh, what is what is it that you set out to do? Uh, what you're doing today? Uh, the technology that you built and so we currently uh, help users buy and sell cryptocurrencies as simply as ordering food online, right? So we are a very old company, but we entered in India just nine months back. So we started back in 2017, one of the first crypto companies in India, funded by Sequoia Capital, and did a lot of build a lot of algorithms on on blockchain to determine best rates. for the users worldwide and once the rbi ban kind of lifted in march last year we decided to launch back in india with our one simple promise to provide simplicity to the users a lot of exchanges did exist in india at that point but the process of buying selling is very complex uh, you have to go to an order book understand order books buy order sell order wait for executions which we eliminated entirely through our algorithms and gave users an experience which is I, I try to equate it with Swiggy. Just add to cart and check out. Food is at your home. That is the experience that we were able to you know in just ten months have over four million users in India and you know have become the number one crypto company in India. You said you were uh, outside India before. I understand you started in two thousand seventeen. Yes. So where were you based yes. before you came back? So uh, yeah, so uh, we came back on first June 2020. That's where we launched our product, Coinswitch Kuwait, which is specifically built for India. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that, we were building for the world since you know India was a little reluctant uh, in terms of cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. But you're based uh, out of Bangalore, are you? 
Yes. So uh, we are a Singapore-based company with a subsidiary in India and uh, operate out of India entirely. Okay. And where are you yourself based? You still in Singapore or in Bangalore? Yes. So and and you now have uh, something like three point five million uh, users on your platform. Yeah. So we we today uh, as of today we have uh, four million users uh, in India. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so crazy growth. And uh, uh, we are growing at a very fast pace. So the numbers are changing every week. So so yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess that's what kind of interest and and uh, you're also probably among the best funded. Uh, Startups in this space in India. Yeah, you got some really well-known names apart from Sequoia, Ribbit Capital, and so on. Yeah, so Ribbit Capital, Paradigm, who is uh, which is the fund of uh, Coinbase co-founder. Coinbase being the biggest crypto company in India. Fred is part of the company. There are a few couple of more investors which probably get disclosed uh, later next week. Uh, uh-huh. But to be honest, I, I these fundings are not what makes us the big company. Uh, funding is. Is just a validation, external validation. But we, as a company, focus too much on product and profitability. So we are a profitable company who does not require the VC funds. But why, uh, you know, VCs are so interested in us, and you know, we being partnering with them so much is to bring trust and bring that validation to India, create a a much larger uh, company than than we could do it alone, right? Through their experiences in in companies like. Coinbase, uh, which they have grew from, you know, uh, back in two two thousand thirteen to now, when they're doing a hundred billion dollar IP. How do you make money? You said you're already profitable. Yes. So how do we make money? Is uh, we are not a typical exchange. We are an exchange aggregator. What that means is we work with different exchanges around the world, around India, to aggregate their liquidity. So when a user goes uh, to a particular exchange, they see a particular price there. But what we are able to see through our algorithms is a price distributed across multiple exchanges altogether. So whenever we have to execute an order, we can split and execute across multiple exchanges, getting the best rate uh, from the system. Since we bring volume to these exchanges, the rate, the fee that they charge us is very, very minimal, right? And through that difference, through the difference between the rate uh, that we could offer versus what we get, uh, and Obviously, there are multiple algorithms which determines when to execute an order as well to get the best rate out of the system, and that difference uh, is what is our market. So, user get the best rate to put it simply. User get the best rate, and still uh, we end up uh, making money in the process. So, you make money on every transaction someone makes, and uh, of your four million uh, uh, users. Uh, So I would imagine these are four million registered users. So on a sort of daily, weekly, monthly basis, what kind of uh, numbers use? What kind of so, numbers do you have in this? So uh, we are just reaching a DAO of about eight hundred thousand users. Uh, we hope to close a million uh, DAO by this month itself. Our monthly active users is somewhere around two and a half million today. Okay, and what's the rough uh, breakdown between? Uh, international overseas users uh, and Indian users out of these four million. So this is all India users. What so we, we, uh, whenever we talk about now, uh, so Kuwait is the focus of the company now. Uh, we don't talk okay. about the global business that does well on its own. Uh, but this is all the numbers are related to Kuwait itself. Okay. So are you uh, comfortable talking about uh, the global user base? How large is that? 
not really because that's not the focus of the company today. Uh, we have over half a million to a million users globally, but that is a business that, uh, uh, you know, in, in kind of a maintenance mode and we don't actively participate in that economy today. And we mm-hmm. are focusing on India. I would definitely love to talk about, you know, the plans in India that we have and how do we expand even further uh, in India. Yeah, brilliant. So, so yeah, uh, on, on that um, uh, front, uh, you also uh, are founder of Cruxpay. What is Cruxpay about? So, uh, being a technology company and, you know, crypto being a so new uh, world for all of us all together, we wanted to make, uh, you know, crypto as simple as, the, uh, you know, the protocols that we use today. UPI being one of the biggest examples, right? UPI is so simple to use. A lot of countries do not have that infrastructure today, right? So we wanted to build that infrastructure on blockchain. So Cruxpay, you can say, is a UPI on blockchain, right? Uh, which helps user, uh, you know, uh, with, with a simplicity, can transfer money from one person to another without knowing the complex uh, addresses of, of cryptocurrencies, without... Uh, having to make mistakes because these addresses are very complex. If you type one character wrong, you can lose all your money, right? So how do we make sure that we build an infrastructure which can enable people to interact with each other uh, without all the burden or all the complexity, understanding all the complexity of blockchain? That's where Cruxpay comes in and it's an open source protocol. So which a lot of wallets have integrated to enable uh, transactions with, with uh, you know, with without error and with simplicity uh, for their users. Hmm. So, uh, what is the, uh, okay, one, one quick question uh, based on what you're saying. So today, uh, what is actually happening? I mean, basically people are buying, selling, holding uh, cryptocurrencies uh, or are there already use cases even in India where people are able to use it to make purchases of or services that are useful to them? So, uh, again, I would like to take a step back here and try to explain you the use case that we see crypto in today, right? So, earlier in uh, 2008-2009, it started as a payment protocol, but today it has evolved much beyond that. It is now an asset class. Uh, and it's not the payment use case which is primary today that, you know, some shop would be accepting Bitcoin because obviously they can't. The price of a Bitcoin varies if they're selling, say, a phone at 100 bucks. The, the, by the time they receive the payment, the, the, the uh, price might have gone up or uh, lesser, right? So they, as a merchant, it's not feasible for them to have as a, a store uh, of, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a value chain. Right. So what these cryptocurrencies has evolved over time is has become an asset class on its own. Like I said, that every uh, crypto is kind of a startup and the crypto itself represents the shares of that startup, to put it simply. Right. Uh, So the value of these comes from uh, the kind of work these companies are doing, the team they are building, the use case they are solving. Currently, there are very few use cases which are actually getting solved. So there are few applications who do very well on lending. So a lot of lending applications are doing very, very well around the world, uh, uh, you know, and using Bit- uh, blockchain as a protocol, uh, enabling fair loans to anyone uh, who has access to internet, right? So those are the few use cases which are getting built up. And that is where the value of these currencies lies in. And a lot of people buy, sell, hold based on those values based on whether, you know, this is the use case that they believe this team can solve better than the others, 
right? And that is what they are investing in. That is how people invest in stocks as well, right? Looking at whether Amazon would have a good quarter, would end up selling more products, and that is why value of Amazon stocks would go up. Obviously, crypto is much more riskier uh, than uh, stock market because being a regulated market, being uh, public companies, they have to disclose a lot of details, which crypto companies today do not. And that's why we advocate for good regulations in India to be able to equate this new world of cryptocurrencies to the stock as an asset class. Yeah, okay. So, what do you know about uh, what is the latest in terms of uh, uh, the government of India's uh, position on cryptocurrencies today? Sure. So, government of India is very, very smart, right? And they can they can see the use cases. They can see how different countries are actually regulating cryptocurrencies rather than banning cryptocurrencies, right? And uh, I do understand their concerns as well. Uh, in terms of, in various aspects which other countries have addressed to a certain point right and government today as per my understanding and very limited understanding for that matters is considering these use cases considering different countries on how they were able to regulate and be part of this ecosystem i personally believe that india cannot miss out on internet 3.0 which this could be right and being a tech first company being infrastructures like upi being infrastructures like aadhaar India would definitely would not want to miss out on the blockchain and the crypto economy uh, in general. And that's where I believe the government is analyzing uh, different jurisdictions, analyzing different countries on how they were able to regulate and operate uh, this business in a way that benefits their economy as well as uh, their citizens. Right. So I am a strong believer in that. And I hope that the Indian government comes through and regulate this industry uh, very soon. So let me just add, uh, like my two lines of context, uh, you know, for our uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, uh, since Ashish mentioned, uh, you know, banning this uh, comments, uh, I think India central banker uh, actually did not ban it, but uh, came out with a very strong dictat that uh, kind of prevented banks uh, from, you know. Facilitating transactions uh, yeah. of yeah. cryptocurrencies, and I think so, uh, yeah. uh, some in the industry went uh, to court about it. And then in March 2020, the yeah. Supreme Court set aside that dictate. I think that brought a lot of cheer to the startups in cryptocurrency. Uh, so, can you talk to us now about what the what is RBI's uh, position today? Sure. So, uh, obviously, now banks, some banks are very, uh, you know helpful uh, in this regard and helping us operate this industry. Uh, but still, there is a lot of uh, negative connotations around this industry. So the clarity is not there. And I, I totally understand from the government standpoint, they want to protect their users and we want to want the same thing as well, right? User protection should be the top most priority. And that's where uh, this, this great cloud needs to go away. And there needs to come a set of regulations which basically help user industry help regulate exchanges or regulate businesses which operate in cryptocurrencies giving them a direction on how to protect their users the best way possible yeah yeah i think uh, even uh, uh, important experts uh, like nandan nilekani you know co-founder of infosys former chairman of uh, india's unique id authority i remember listening to him recently about a month back he talked about uh, how India should, in a regulated manner, allow uh, 
uh, crypto to be an asset class to, to own it. And he also yeah. made the point that uh, as a as a sort of transaction tool, probably UPI is currently a much better option. So, yes. what is your view on this? Sure. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, so, the kind of infrastructure that India has in terms of Aadhaar and uh, UPI is unparalleled to any country that I particularly have seen outside, mm-hmm. right? And uh, like I said, right. So a use a, a, a merchant accepting Bitcoin is not feasible uh, in the current manner of form because it's yeah. so volatile, right? It it doesn't act as a value in in itself, but it acts yeah. as an asset class. It definitely different cryptocurrencies solving different use cases would provide uh, an opportunity for Indians to be able to build these infrastructures out, which the entire world would someday use. So this is like you know, building the next Google, next Facebook, uh, next Amazon, right? And uh, we should be the one, uh, you know, leading the race and not following others, right? So that's that's where, uh, you know, regulating it as an asset class makes so much sense, right? Building use cases on blockchain, creating value and deriving value uh, for your users through that is, is something that I totally believe in. Hmm. And... Uh... Another uh, idea that now uh, HPAS is talking about is how there is this tremendous uh, uh, capital floating on the in the world of crypto. I mean, anything from yeah. uh, half a trillion dollars to a trillion trillion dollars, which uh, you know could potentially be a source of uh, good credit for uh, uh, millions of businesses in India. Uh, talk through this. How would it actually work in practice? So, uh, like the lending protocols that I talk about, right? So, currently, say, a small vendor or a supplier who wants to get uh, a loan, right? He doesn't have uh, an asset uh, which he can, uh, you know, use to get that loan easily. The term, the infrastructure in India doesn't exist uh, to serve billions of people, right? And that's where this technology can help. Anyone with a simple internet can now have access uh, to the banking facilities which otherwise he would not be able to. Uh, there is very less incentive for a private bank to be able to set up in a village and you know offer loans or offer uh, services uh, to the people in a remote section, right? But being this this tech being completely driven, a global tech, uh, very fair, no, uh, you know, no, uh, no third parties which you have to trust. You have to trust the, the kind of code uh, itself, uh, right? And provide that infrastructure to that remote uh, uh, village as well, gives the power back to the people, right? And that is is no way in saying that banks would be irrelevant. That is in saying that work with the bank together to provide this infrastructure because ultimately banks are the one who has this infrastructure and blockchain and crypto could act as uh, a second layer which, which make it possible, make it accessible to billions of people uh, in India through the infrastructures of the banks itself. Hmm. So explain uh, was the, the process. I mean, help us understand how sure. uh, in practice people can access uh, the crypto value and how does it kind of become money in their hands which they can use to grow their businesses and so on. Sure. So uh, currently, since it's an asset class, the only way to get into crypto for a normal retail user is to buy uh, cryptocurrencies through a platform like CoinSwitchKubeir or, or any other. So what we do is we provide a very simple experience for user to, to get into crypto. Uh, they, they come to the platform, register, do their KYC, and uh, within five minutes, they're all set up uh, to 
buy crypto as simply as ordering food online, right? Select the crypto that you want to enter the amount that you want to uh, pay and simply make a UPI payment to have that crypto in your hand within three steps, right? Within a couple of seconds. So that's why that's where people can get into or get, get started with this uh, investment of cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies is a 24-7 market, so there is no lock-in. Uh, a lot of people believe that, you know, if they invest in crypto, the money would get locked. That's not the case, right? They can sell at any given time, at any point uh, in the day, and take out that money to their bank accounts within seconds as well, right? So uh, being a 24-7 market, it gives people a lot of flexibility into getting in and out of cryptocurrencies. I just want to add one disclaimer here. Cryptocurrencies are still very risky, right? There are new use case building as an asset class. So always invest on, uh, you know, based on your risk appetite. Uh, don't invest too much of your money uh, into crypto, but be very judge, uh, you know, judge based on what your needs are, what your portfolio needs. I personally believe that, you know, every Indian should have at least four to 5% of their portfolio invested into cryptocurrencies being a riskier asset class, it can help them elevate their portfolio and diversify their portfolio to a much larger uh, goal that they want to achieve in life. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. So given that currently it's such a fairly risky uh, asset class and a new one, but do you see that in the coming years, it could uh, become an asset class for the uh, millions of middle-class households in India? I mean, is that something that is viable? I, I definitely believe that. So uh, even even today, the middle class families are investing in stocks and other uh, small small caps, mid caps, large caps, right? So crypto would be that kind of asset class itself. There would be some stable asset classes who has proven uh, as a platform in the crypto industry, right? Which are less riskier in nature. There would be other asset classes which are just getting started. Uh, the other uh, other cryptocurrencies which are just getting started, starting to build their use case. Right, which would be more risky. So, if government classifying them into those categories, then help people better understand their risk whenever they are getting into an investment would be a great way uh, to to you know to help uh, middle class families understand this asset class better, manage their risk better, and hopefully gain from this asset class over time. And and India, I think like some of the other countries as well, has plans of its own digital currency or digital yeah. rupee uh, what is that about and how would that uh, uh, tie to the existing fiat currency sure so uh, how it is tied to the existing fiat currency is that uh, any money that is moving in and out of cryptocurrencies or any infrastructure for that matters right can be equated through this digital currency so even us has that right usdc is is one of their uh, currency which can now be used to see which is pegged against. So every one USDC is always pegged against one US dollar. So government always have a view into what is happening in different industry, what is the value which is moving out, moving in, because they can now equate it through USDC. And they know that the value of USDC would always be one dollar with no fluctuations uh, possible on that. Right. So that's where the use case comes. And we particularly believe that, uh, uh, obviously we are biased, but we believe that every country would ultimately uh, have an infrastructure which works within their company, uh, country, uh, which could be something uh, like a stable coin, uh, which is which RBI is, is talking about creating, uh, which 
operates within the economy and is backed to their fiat currency one to one. And there is a global infrastructure like Bitcoin, Ethereum, which works as an asset class in every country. Uh, it, it, it becomes a global market with, uh, with uh, you know, oversight of all the countries together on that market. Right. So that's what we believe uh, the infrastructure of the future looks like. A local economy, uh, which is, you know, in view of the government, be able to track, able to, you know, validate different transactions and make sure that everything is going uh, the right way. And a global, a bigger global economy where everyone can come in and contribute um, at a much, much higher level, right? So, so, so yeah, uh, if, if that answers your question. So, I mean, sort of, paint us a picture of this, the future that you talked about. I mean, is it sort of uh, feasible or plausible that, you know, some years down the line, you would buy a Tesla car with uh, Bitcoin, you would have a coin switch wallet and stop stop at a charging station and just get your wallet docked of some cryptos to get your car charged or i mean are these kinds of things things that you know you're all envisioning for the future so this is definitely a use case uh Hari, and i would not deny if someday this happens uh, uh elon musk is already accepting bitcoin as a way of payment uh for tesla but as i said uh currently uh the value proposition may not be in favor of that since the price is too wide right but say in the future, uh, like I talked about, say USDC or say in India we call it INDC, uh, which we create, which is which is a stable currency and can be utilized as a, a way of payment between two parties without the fluctuations of the crypto market taking, right? And then that infrastructure can definitely be used throughout India without the need of you know bank cards or or uh, you know uh, just having an internet makes you access any infrastructure uh, in India, right? So that is an amazing, amazing prospect that could happen uh, in India over the future, right? But obviously, it's, it's a very long-term future. Uh, I, we don't believe that it's going to happen anytime soon. First, cryptocurrencies need to prove themselves to an extent to be able to build this infrastructure, to be able to handle billions of people, uh, right? And in the right way. This infrastructure is still getting built up still getting tested day in, day out, right? And I'm hopeful that uh, in the next 10 years, we would be at a place where the infrastructures would have proven and would have given some solid use cases, uh, which which probably you and I would be using in our day-to-day -day life. Hmm. So uh, to kind of uh, start winding up our conversation, tell us about future plans at CoinSwitch itself. What are your next big steps? Definitely. definitely. So uh, we at CoinSwitch believes that, you know, uh, money should work for everyone, right? Money should be equal for everyone, right? And that's why we were a great believers of crypto uh, whenever when we read uh, uh, the Bitcoin white paper. But uh, we believe that uh, the CoinSwitch journey would go beyond crypto uh, in itself, helping users diversify their portfolio. So in India, to be honest, a lot of people believe that the way to grow is to earn more money, right? But we believe that the way to grow in your life is to earn more, but definitely invest more as well. Your investment becomes a channel which helps you lead a better life, right? Today, we are, uh, you know, uh, focusing on crypto being an asset class and being an investment tool for the masses. Tomorrow, we want to go into different asset classes and create a comprehensive portfolio for our users to be able to invest seamlessly across different asset class uh, with a click of a button, right? So that's the future plan of CoinSwitch. If we can help, you know, money works for our users without putting 
too much effort or you know be, without becoming experts in every single industry to invest their money then i, I would believe we would have done our job yes yeah, so that was uh, ashish singhal uh, founder and ceo of points uh, which uh, were really uh, avant-garde uh, startup in the world cryptocurrencies in india uh, that's it for this conversation and uh, i hope to be back next friday with another interesting uh, technology startup hope you will be there and uh, yeah here's a reminder to share this uh, uh, wherever you can online uh, thank you for your support i hope you all have a safe uh, and a good weekend